from the twisted realm of science and the darkest pits of reason comes chilling tales of godlessness. Bear witness to the unfathomable terror that is... The Good Atheist. Welcome to the new Good Atheist Podcast. I am Jacob Fourteen. This is your news for the first half of January 2024. New Orleans Catholic orphanages were sexually torturing children. The depravity of Catholicism knows no bounds. It seems as though no institution run by this sinister cult is safe. Regardless of whether they are priests or nuns, the church attracts the most disgusting and vile human beings known to man. How else can you explain the endless array of victims of their abuses? Recently, a group of survivors in New Orleans have been trying to get some form of justice for the decades of abuse they sustained in Catholic orphanages. In order to contravene the statutes of limitations on child rape, which were the results of churches lobbying, incidentally, they are using a recent law that allows vict victims who are older than 28 to sue their victimizers, since the justice system deems these crimes too old to pursue. Unsurprisingly, the church is also fighting this law as well. The two orphanages in questions are called Madonna Manor and Hope Haven. The church, which ran these nightmarish gulags, have filed for bankruptcy protection, as over a hundred abuse claims stem from these two orphanages alone. The victims had other names for these hell holes. They'd bring you over the dark tower. That's what we called the church, the cathedral they had on the property. Running away from Madonna Manor, you just wanted to be someplace else. You're still going to an abusive environment, but it was the horrors of being sexually assaulted, like the devil was in the building. The lawsuit details countless beatings and sexual abuses suffered at the hands of their caretakers, which treated the students as though they were sex toys instead of human beings. Sometimes it would be difficult to know who was doing the abuse, since they treated the place like it was that creepy sex cult in Eyes Wide Shut. Brother Harold was like the boss, Leon continued. Once you're targeted, they got locked down units. They'd put a pillow over your face so you can't hear what's going on. Sometimes they wore masks to conceal their identity so you didn't know who raped you. Churches all over the country have been declaring bankruptcy in order to shield themselves from having to pay lawsuits to victims of abuse. For nearly 20 years, countless organizations have avoided responsibility by using a legal tool that is meant to protect businesses from going under. It also allows the church to group lawsuits together and, more importantly, avoid pesky legal entanglements like discovery, which prevents victims from finding out how much information about the abuses were known to church leaders. Activist gets high school to remove sectarian banners. The Church of Satan is the gift that keeps on giving. When it comes to freaking out religious rubes, there's nothing quite like Satanism to scare the living daylights out of believers. When high school student Chaz Stevens noticed that his school was displaying a banner promoting a house of worship called 
Cavalry Chapel Parkland, he decided that it would be only fair if other faiths were promoted as well. He created his own banner graphic and forwarded it to the Broward County School Board and stated that since they were proudly displaying a religious ad, he wanted his satanic Ministry of Chaz, the Bropostle, to have a prominent display as well. Considering that the school has accepted a banner from one religious group, I'm hoping our banner will be seen in the same light, especially given that the government emphasizes no favoritism, Stevens wrote in an email to Majorie Stoneman Douglas High School Principal Michelle Kefford on August 2nd. The school reacted the way all government and institutions do when faced with potential lawsuits. They took down the original banner. All it took was the fear of having satanic displays everywhere. It just goes to show that sometimes the only way to fight fire is with fire. Stevens is a giga-chad for doing this, but nothing is stopping other atheist students out there from doing the same. All you need is a good idea and a pair of brass balls to boot. So, what's stopping you listeners from doing the same thing? Religious terror attack in Australia had U.S. connections. In May of 2021, a man named Gareth Train began a correspondence with an American called Donald Day. Day is a premillennialist, a Christian sect that believes that Jesus will physically return to earth, ushering the end times. Day's correspondence fed Train and his wife Stacy's conspiratorial beliefs, including claims that the government is run by Satan and his minions. When police were called last December to Train's property for a routine welfare check on Gareth's brother Nathan, two of the officers were gunned down in an ambush, with two other officers forced to flee for help. Nathan and Gareth then lit a grass fire in an effort to smoke the officers out, which prompted a neighbor, Alan Dare, to investigate. He was also shot and killed. The two men then posted an online video of themselves, claiming that devils and demons had attempted to kill them, but that they had struck first. What followed was a tense six-hour siege, which ended with the death of all three suspects. In all, half a dozen people lost their lives, and all because of this unhinged conspiracy theory. Now, police in the U.S. have arrested Day for his connections in the shooting. Premillennialism is mainly an American invention, and ever since the COVID-19 epidemic, religious groups have been getting more extreme. The toxic combination of QAnon, MAGA supporters, and the slow decline of religion has created dangerously primed groups of believers that think the end times are just around the corner. When the stakes are risen so high, you can count on things turning violent. Australia has enacted strict gun laws after the massacre that occurred in 1996. When 35 people were slaughtered, the government decided that it was time to enact stricter gun laws. The results were a dramatic decrease not only in mass shooting, but also in accidental gun deaths. The conclusions from this three decades of reform is clear. Removing large numbers of rapid-firing firearms from civilians may be an effective way of reducing mass shootings, firearm homicides, and suicides.
Following this tragedy, there may be more gun reforms on the way. Over 80% of Aussies think that the gun laws are still too lenient. It's almost as though the country wants to do something to stop these kinds of shootings. Isn't that weird, America? Day was arrested by the FBI as a result of his involvement in the shootings. How the rest of this plays out remains to be seen. Denmark criminalizes Quran burning. Denmark is failing as a nation. It is failing for the same reasons many other European countries are struggling right now. The rapid influx of Muslim immigrants has ramped up sectarian tensions. And now, as a response, the government has reacted in the most cowardly way possible to the mounting violent rhetoric of Islamic fundamentalists. They are kowtowing to the faithful, ensuring that hurt feelings take precedence over liberal values. So, now if anyone has the balls to express their free speech rights by burning the Quran, they face up to two years in jail for causing a disturbance that could lead to violence. The purpose of the law is to counter the systematic mockery that, among other things, has contributed to intensifying the threat of terrorism in Denmark, the Minister of Justice said. Allow me to translate this sentence, as it failed to properly provide context to what is happening. In order to prevent Muslims living in their own country from committing violent acts of retributions, the government has decided that instead of honoring its commitment to free speech, it would rather cower to religion that respects neither free speech nor secularism. What are we fighting for, if not our own downfall? Denmark had previously gotten rid of its blasphemy laws, but it seems now that their society is regressing, thanks to an immigration policy that puts their own values at risk. This means that the counter-reaction of the population will undoubtedly make things worse, we are sure to witness the resurgence of far-right political candidates who favor anti-immigration stances in response to these kinds of laws. This will be especially true after the next terrorist attack, which, given the current political climate, seems almost like an inevitability. The broader problem, in my opinion, is that progressives are too naive to understand the threat that Islam poses to modern civilizations. The conflict in Israel has created a litany of confusing and contradictory alliances, such as gays for Palestine, who unknowingly betray their gay brethren for the sake of appearing welcoming and open-minded. The fact that Hamas is openly called for and participated in the murder of young gay men seems more than a minor inconvenience. Even a few decapitated heads doesn't seem to register much of a response from the LGBT community if only because it threatens to make everyone's lives messy by acknowledging it. The world is a complicated place. The idea that gay Palestinians often seek asylum in Israel out of fear that they will be killed by their fellow man because an ancient barbaric tome claims that same-sex attraction is wrong conflicts with the narrative that there is a good guy and a bad guy. I've often said that liberalism is under attack not by without, but from within. Soft-headed liberals who sacrificed integrity for intersectionality have allowed vile religions like Islam to benefit from their protection, all the while oblivious that their benefactors secretly plot to destroy them. 
If countries like Denmark are an indication of how things are going, the news is not good. Iowa Capitol Satanic Display Causes Outrage It's been a better year for Satan. Not only has he been helping to shut down countless school promotions of religion, but in his spare time he's been helping to freak out some poor Iowans by making them have to put up a display in order to contravene the nativity one that was allowed in the Capitol building. The state governor was less than enthusiastic, but as her Republican colleagues reminded her, the very first amendment of their beloved constitution does not allow for the establishment or specific endorsement of one religion. So, in order to have their display, there would have to be allowances for others. Today, faithful Iowans gathered at the Capitol Rotunda to display the nativity and pray for peace, she wrote on social media. Free speech is a right afforded to all, but how we use it matters. Today's event is proof that the battle between good and evil, good will always prevail. The way religious people speak always drives me crazy. This isn't a battle between good and evil. It's a fight to keep religious nonsense out of government. The whole reason this satanic display exists in the first place is to act as a counter to all the Christian propaganda that pops up every holiday season. These morons actually think that the folks who put up satanic displays praise the Dark Lord. They can't fathom that it's simply epic trolling. How can we ever win when people are that deluded? Sometimes it all feels like a gigantic waste of time trying to change their minds. Still, there's bound to be a few people that realize the hypocrisy at work. It might be the push they need to throw off the shackles of this ancient superstition. That's all we can hope for at this point. French teachers on strike over fears of Muslim violence. The religion of peace has a problem. Various PR departments of Islam are busy trying to convince naive idiots that their religion is your average, run-of-the-mill faith that is just trying to live and let live. The truth is far more sinister than that. Islam is only interested in one thing, the complete subjugation of free-thinking people into their cult of death. It's in the name itself. Islam means submission, and what good is it when there's no one to control? In France, teachers at a school in Paris are on strike, not because they have financial demands, but because they fear for their lives. When one of the teachers of a school near the city of Paris dared to show a nude painting dating from the 17th century as part of their art appreciation class, the results were catastrophic. Mass demonstrations and threats of violent retribution for the crime of showing this forbidden image, which in these parts we generally just call art. In order to act even more outraged, students and parents started to spread rumors that the teacher had singled out Muslim students and had made racist remarks. They did this precisely because they knew that by lying, they would be able to stir up sympathy from the left of the political spectrum, which is now dominated by young people who have no real understanding that they are political tools in a clash of civilizations. For over a decade, they have used criticisms of their faith to be labeled as racist by coining the term Islamophobia. When this word is used, 
they can count on an army of soft-headed do-gooders to fall over themselves coming to the defense of Islam, even when the interests of both sides fundamentally conflict. Let's keep a few things in mind to give context to this fight. More than 40% of French Muslims support the idea of replacing their legal system with their own twisted one, called Sharia. The situation in most Western countries is exactly the same. This is a worrying trend for democracies, who rely on the people to reach a consensus of how they wish to be governed. The values of that society must be maintained in order for it to survive. The fact that one religious group so thoroughly despises these values should be of great concern. There is a special word for the deceit used by Muslims when it comes to pretending to share the same values as your neighbors. Takiyah. This is a religious concept that eases the psychological torment of constantly lying to people that are not part of your clan. It is this belief that allows extremists to live covertly and unassumingly in our society. It should be noted that the only way to truly know who honors our society's commitment to free speech is to continue to express it and wait for the overreaction of those who do not share these values. What we shouldn't do is to follow the examples of Denmark. The country is trying to criminalize or censor any behavior that offends the worthless religion of Islam. If anything, we need more insults, not less. Let the religious psychos reveal themselves so that we can see through their lies of wishing to live together with us in peace. Texas approves chaplains in schools. When are religious people going to stop shoving their faith down our throats? The answer is never. Just ask non-Christian parents at Grapevine's Independent School District in Texas. The board recently approved the hiring of chaplains at their school, a move that's angered many parents. During one recent meeting, a number of them were kicked out or walked out in protest. They are angry that these men, who have no training as counselors, are being paid with state funds to proselytize to students during school hours. Despite all the protest, the National School Chaplain Association thinks there is nothing wrong with the move. School chaplaincy, just as chaplaincy in other U.S. institutions, is perfectly legal and consistently upheld by the Supreme Court. School chaplaincy programs follow specific regulations that prohibit proselytizing, offering services based on consent. Simply put, chaplains don't represent religions or the church, they represent God. That doesn't mean anything to people who don't share your embrace of an imaginary Lord. The fact of the matter is that the faithful are in the business of converting people and asserting their dominance, and this is just another form of it. It's also an open invitation to lawsuits, which in the end is only going to cost the taxpayer more money. Why can't they just keep their religions to themselves, you may wonder? It seems that while one side of their mouths pretends to want to live and let live, constantly going on about how loving their God is, the other side openly prays for our destruction. The Supreme Court has upheld chaplaincy programs only because its members have capitulated to religion. Their oath to the Constitution is a joke, a minor inconvenience in the quest to make America into a Christian nation. They are slowly succeeding, 
despite the fact that more and more Americans are departing from religion. This is the reason why they are fighting so hard to shove it down our throats. They figure that unless they take action now, the demise of religion is inevitable. Hate is bad for your health. Did you know it's unhealthy to be hateful? I'm not being glib. There's strong medical evidence that the act of holding hatred in your heart can actually lead to long-term health problems. Don't just take my word for it. Here's what medical professionals think about this emotion's effect on our bodies. Hatred negatively impacts the nervous system, immune system, and endocrine system. Extreme emotions trigger the release of stress hormones in the brain. Over time, these stress hormones lead to increased inflammation throughout the body, resulting in significant health consequences. The more intense an emotion becomes, the more physically demanding it is to contain it. Holding on to hate can be exhausting. If only Turkish lawmaker Hassan Bitmeds had known of this, perhaps he could have avoided his recent health scare. You see, Bitmeds is a politician in his home country, and during one of his recent speeches condemning the actions of Israel in the recent Palestinian conflict, he exclaimed that the Jews would not escape the wrath of Allah right before collapsing from a massive heart attack. A superstitious man might see this as a sign that perhaps their beloved deity did not approve of the message. Traumatic events can often act as a catalyst for change. Personally, I believe that this is far more to do with how much anger and hatred is in this man's heart. His political career benefits from his near-constant animosity towards Judaism, so it's doubtful that he will ever be able to let go of his murderous hostility towards the faith. If there's any comfort, it's that his body is quickly giving up on him as a result of his poor life choices. I have a suggestion for Hassan. It would appear that your hatred towards your fellow man has made you unwell. You would do well to take a cozy retirement and spend time with your loved ones while there is still life in you. I'm sure there are plenty of other Muslim politicians who would gladly take up your abhorrent mantle and openly call for the death of their enemies. You should learn to enjoy the good things in life before it's all over. Our time on this earth is brief. And despite your silly belief that another life awaits you, I wouldn't take the chance that the future affords you much time with the ones you care about. Focus on love. You'll live longer for it. Michigan State Rep declares war on Church of Satan. As many of my listeners will remember, I've always been a big fan of the Church of Satan. As an institution, its primary purpose is essentially to expose the hypocrisy of Christians, and it does so with gusto. From making after-school programs to competing against unconstitutional religious groups that take a valuable time that should be devoted to actually learning something, the existence of this church has rattled a few feathers, such as Republican Rep. John Shriver of Michigan, who is making it his mission to bringing it down. Shriver announced his attention to target churches that he doesn't believe deserve equal treatment with Christianity under the law. I actually am working on a policy right now to really focus on making a distinction between the Church of Jesus Christ and this quote-unquote Church of Satan, Shriver announced. 
you really have an issue where they're seen as equal in the eyes of the state. And that doesn't seem right to me for many, many legitimate reasons. And so removing tax-exempt status from non-theistic churches, such as the Church of Satan, I think is very, very well in order. This moron believes that he doesn't work for the people who elected him. No, instead he thinks that he works for God, specifically the Judeo-Christian one that murderously hates masturbation. And it's his goal to rid the country of those pesky religions he doesn't like. Unfortunately for him, it's almost impossible to remove the tax-exempt status of any faith. That's because the IRS isn't in the business of determining what religions are authentic and which ones aren't. In fact, so long as an organization complies with the IRS rules concerning tax-exempt status, the actual content of the religion is meaningless. You could be worshipping a dead goat for all they care. Consider how many religious organizations are already violating some of the terms that allow them tax-exempt status to begin with. Here's one of the rules that I know for a fact that the Church of Satan has never broken, while hundreds of smaller churches have. Under the Internal Revenue Code, all Section 501c3 organizations are absolutely prohibited from directly or indirectly participating in or intervening in any political campaign on behalf or in opposition to any candidate for elective public office. So, who is it that deserves to get their tax-exempt status removed then? Did I mention he also wants to ban pornography? Good luck with that, you prude jackass. And with that, that was your news for the first half of January 2024. Have a good atheist day, everybody.